Ooh, it's all right. No, you got yeah, you got a little under a minute now to impress me. Mm. My dance how, how, move last night did not impress you. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week we celebrate the return of classic original da, Jurassic da, Park da, actors da, da. to the franchise. Okay, up next. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, life uh, 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 f- finds a way. Um, Kevin Feige is dipping his toes in the Star Wars universe. Ooh, I like mm. that news. Yeah, it's, he's down at the old Feige fishing hole, if you will. <laughs> um, guess what? Spider-Man can come play in the Marvel movies again. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. It all worked itself out and more. <laughs> well, Chris, long time no see. Usually we only are graced with each other's faces, maybe if we're lucky, once a year. Yes. But depending on things, how things go the rest of 2019, we might see each other even one more time before the year closes out. Because this weekend we got to attend the wedding of friend of the show, Quentin Parker. And yes. you were there, I was there, we did a lot of dancing. We did a lot of dancing. There was a lot of dancing. Like We got on the, the, the microphones before this and Mike's like... My knees are sore, and, and like my feet hurt, and I'm sitting here. They're not even being like, I'm not even using them. I'm like, dang, we busted some moves this weekend, Mike. Yeah, they might not have been the most glorious moves you could have seen on the dance floor, but I like to consider myself a, a, a quantity over quality while out there on the dance floor. Like yeah. as, as soon as the DJ is just like, all right, open dance, free dance, I'm right out there on the dance floor, which is always really awkward because usually like there's either no one there or just like two people, like the bride and the groom is like, all right, I'm guessing I'm going out there. And uh-huh. I, was, I was there until the last song, and this reception, unlike some of the other ones, I've been to over the years didn't end until like 11 p.m. So I feel like I got like an extra hour, uh, hour of grooving in. But now my <laughs> knees hurt. But uh, also, it was just an it was an exhausting weekend because if you ever want the most affordable alcohol anywhere, go to like a midwestern college town because you're you're just in the middle of nowhere. The number one thing kids want to do is drink, and they're just. I felt like they were giving it away compared to like the big city prices. So I felt like I just kept drinking uh, just because I was leaving money on the table if I didn't. So <laughs> stocking I mean, up before he went home. <laughs> yeah. So I got, you know, I got some whiskey sours in me. Uh, we took, uh, uh, you weren't there on Friday night, but we walked in and this bar's special was like $3 shots of Jaeger. So we're like, we're just like, all right, shots for everybody. It's going to be like a drop in the bucket compared to like if we were trying to get these like downtown somewhere. But uh, yeah, so it was a it was a rough weekend uh, for my mental state and physical state. But um, it was a great great wedding. Congratulations to Quentin and his yeah. new wife Allison. Um, uh, and hopefully, we'll all get together again soon to go back to Comic Con like we did earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the last time, uh, the last evening I spent with Quentin was actually dancing at a uh, the bar with the live music. At oh yeah, at so. a bar in San Diego. <laughs> and, got- and then. 
and then before that was your wedding. So I mean, <laughs> I I just party with Quentin whenever yeah. we're in the same place. It's, we just can't we just can't stay away from each other, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was a good time though. I, I had I had a really good time. Uh, everything was a uh, lovely. Uh, the they went with the un, the unconventional route with a taco bar for for mm-hmm. dinner, which was really cool. They also had a nice choreographed dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they put some they put some work into that. So. Uh, yeah. I, I appreciated the, the uh, ooh, sorry, entertainment. Man, it's it, been a day. <laughs> it, it is, well, I mean, you, you, so we left each other like one in the morning today, mm-hmm. um, East, uh, um, you know, um, Eastern time. You had to get up and drive uh, to the, the airport, which is Tri- not close. Yes, drive to an airport, get on a plane. So uh, I, I, ext- I very much apologize for the for the mouth flatulence into the microphone. I personally hate that kind of garbage uh, when I'm listening to the podcast, but I'm still decompressing. I just got out of a metal bird in the sky, so yeah. I promise I'll, I'll keep those to myself. Yeah, so uh, we, we less than 24 hours we were together, and now we're, we were contemplating, do we do a show this week? Do we take a break? But then, then the news happened, and we were yeah. like, well, we got to do a show. So <laughs> um, I guess I guess this is it. I mean, I don't have anything else, you know, this week. I mean, it, it's it's been one of those weeks, Mike. It's just looking forward for the weekend, you know. Um, I can I can give one recommendation out there. Uh, I haven't delved into the Lupin the Third kind of universe. Uh, you might be familiar with it. It's an anime that's just mm-hmm. been around forever. It's kind of like I, – I don't want to say like the Simpsons of anime uh, just because the Simpsons is a totally different category. Category, but like they've been like remaking and making like Lupin the Third like movies and like series for just like decades now. There's like I belie- two dozen movies or something. Like yeah, that. and I believe there's a there's like a new series coming out soon. And usually it has usually has a pretty high pedigree. Like lots of people that have worked on the show have like gone on to other things that people like, or that or like new series attracts really talented people who like kind of want to work on something that they grew up watching. But I had never watched any Lupin before. Like I was very familiar with the character looked like. You know, I under I understood that that he was a big deal and very important to the kind of uh, that history of animation. So on Netflix, uh, you can catch a fully dubbed version of Lupin, and I, I suppose you could turn the subtitles on too with the original Japanese track if you're one of those people. But uh, I watched my first Lupin movie, which was called um, uh, like Cagliostro or something. The Castle of Cagliostro. Yeah, it's like a it's like an early like uh, Ghibli movie before uh, Studio Ghibli was formed I believe I don't know the history 100% so it was really cool getting to watch that Lupin's kind of like this awesome combination of like he's like a criminal slash spy but there's also some like there's a little like goofy animation mixed in there where like you know some cars or like vehicles will defy physics you know because you know animation's fun like that so go check that out on Netflix it was a really fun really tight uh, entertaining movie so uh, I don't know how to spell it, but just search Lupin, L-U-P-I-N on Netflix, and yeah. you'll see some stuff pop up. Or, I mean, uh, so, I mean, that that's the thing about it. Um, the, it wasn't... Um it wasn't that Studio Ghibli. It was the guy who created it, uh, Miyazaki. It was yeah. his first. It was his first theatrical movie before he created the studio. Um, but I mean, if I remember correctly, that's like a late seventies, early eighties film. Yeah, uh, and it's it, it's not. These are not recent things. So that's, yeah, that's and really it's cool. and it still holds up. It's beautiful. I, obviously, like a movie kind of that old. There's a there's a little bit of like uh, sexism, but it's just like it's very light and it just feels within the time. So you can look pack look past that a little bit. But yeah, it was fun. It was a. Oh. Uh, it was a romp, so I'd suggest that. 
Yeah, I would say, uh, I, I forgot, um, this week, uh, one of my, I don't like watching a lot of uh, TV shows or, or what uh, live shows or whatever they are, mm-hmm. uh, but one of my guilty pleasures is The Masked Singer. Oh, uh, I knew you were going to say it, like, yeah. I, I was like, if he's watching something live and it's a guilty pleasure, I bet Masked Singer is about to come out of his mouth. Yeah, it is. So I watched, the, me and my wife watched the first season, uh, uh, we, we caught it, I think it debuted after the Super Bowl or something, and then we watched the first season, and now the second season's on. Then I, I got a little bit of insider information. The third Ooh. season's debuting after right after the Super Bowl next year. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> um, so the first episode's the two hours, so they unveiled two people uh, on the list. And it's um, the quality's a little better this year, I think, or this season. I think, I think they, they picked uh, more than low uh, brow, like, just all over the place, so you, you gotta work on it a little bit harder. So, but. so for that show, is it just assumed that if you wanna be somebody that watch, watches The Masked Singer, you just have to always watch it live? Because that's, I feel like that would just be so easily spoiled. Oh, yeah, most certainly. You gotta watch it, you gotta watch it live. Like, it's, I, thankfully, I'm not in those circles where people are going to talk about the reveals. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I didn't get to watch it live this, this week, but um, going forward, I will definitely be trying to, or at least the day after, rather than wait several days. But uh. I, I, I actually, uh, on myself, I have some, I have some slight insider information um, that is not really attached to our show notes. Um, I, I came across somebody that uh, was either friends of a friend or directly friends of the person who directed the last Terminator movie, the bad one. What was it? A Genesis. Genesis. And so I heard like a secondhand story that one of the producers on that film was like the son of the president of Oracle, which out there, if you're not familiar with Oracle, it's like one of the biggest like computer software companies on the planet. So uh, this like basically child was like bankrolling most of this movie and I guess considered himself like an art director. So he was like standing over the director's uh, shoulder uh, the whole time. And uh, usually in Hollywood, you can't like tell the producer or the money people know or you'll just get fired, depending on you know what level you're at so uh i i guess the director was really did not like the quality of the film and is embarrassed that his name is on it so take that with what you will because maybe he thought the movie was good came out nobody liked it and then it fabricated the story i don't know it's a secondhand account but it's always fun coming across these like random stories out here in la it's just like oh yeah i guess i never really really thought about that angle of it well the only thing i know about the director of terminator genesis is is the same director of Thor: The Dark World, mm-hmm. and he had the same exact things to say when he was done with that movie as well. Oh, so, he did. Okay, so maybe this is just his go-to excuse when he fails. Yeah, uh, he had a. I mean, he was when we when we. I don't think we were doing this whenever that that yeah we were not doing this when this came out, but we talked about it. He did a game. He was known for doing Game of Thrones uh, mm-hmm. before that episodes, which we're like that sounds great, that's fantastic, and then. Didn't really translate over to, to movies very well. So, so so basically what we're saying is we're going to be on the lookout for the next thing he directs. And if it ends up being bad, we're going to go we're going to go fishing for that excuse. If he if he pulls it out again, uh, I'm just going to have to put it on that guy. It's just like, you know what? That's you. If you just can't get along with these people, you can't make a good movie. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, his next movie is called The Many Saints of Newark, which is a prequel to The Sopranos. <laughs> what? Okay. It comes out uh, in 2020. Oh, well, I guess he's an HBO guy then if he's working on Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. I wasn't a Sopranos guy, so I probably won't watch that. But, yeah, I guess we both we both have uh, we both have some insider tracks. Didn't the guy who played the Soprano, didn't he die? 
James Gandolfini? Uh, did he? Oh, I don't know. I'm not the man to ask about I James Gandolfini. Did. <laughs> I, I did watch The Sopranos. Uh, yeah, looks like it looks like he did. But anyway, but yeah. So, <laughs> did you say uh, looks like dead? <laughs> looks like he did. Okay, <laughs> he did die. Yes, looks like he did. Sorry if we did, shattered did, uh, anyone's uh, anyone's day today. Yeah. Yeah, we, this is not a normal state of mind when we're recording, so we, we've yeah. straight up apologized. But you know what? Before I forget, before we uh, segue into the Joker, I got to let everybody know, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we are mere just day or days away from being able to socially eat candy corn because it oh, will God. be the month of October. You can finally uh, eat that delicious candy that I actually truly unironically love. Um, uh, finally, kind of within, I would say, the respectable realm of fall. So uh, get your candy corn ready. Uh, Chris wants me to bring it to the movie theater, throw it in my popcorn. I actually yeah. think that's a great idea. So he thinks he's punking me, but I'm all about that. So um, I'm not. It's, I just, just want to see this photo, <laughs> like this video of you dumping this into your popcorn. Candy corn season is upon us. So I, that's that's my last PSA before we get into the news. I, I did about. I told him this yesterday. I, I about bought him candy corn at Walgreens to take home with him to to eat when he got back for, on the first. So uh, the joke has has become real at this point. So. <laughs> Uh, like like many things. Remember those old jokes where I said you used to like the the Tur- Turtles movies? I thought about the Teenage Mutant Ninja. T- I thought about those movies the other day, and I still reflected on them positively. So um, yep, people use the glasses. people use the Michael Bay punching bag for those movies, but they forget Michael Bay produced those movies. Someone else. I, now I don't remember who directed them, so that doesn't help my case here. But those are still solid movies. Go watch them. Go in with like basically no expectations, and you'll have fun. Yeah, the guy from Jackass is the voice of Leonardo. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, things that are going to get you in a different state of mind, like we're in, it's probably watching the Joker next week, Mike, because it is out in theaters. Uh, it's not looking like it's going to be a happy-go-lucky uh, superhero film or anything like that. Looks like it's going to be one of them tragic, uh, make you feel bad, maybe might win an <laughs> Academy Award kind of film. So. Um, but it's coming out in theaters this week. I know I've seen a lot of stuff on, on all the news sites, which mean people have already got the reviews out. They're watching it this week, early screenings. Uh-huh. So if you want to go in clean, um, avoid everything as possible through, through this week. Uh, we're going to be doing again, a review episode next Sunday, uh, on this. So, uh, we're very excited, uh, to do that. It's been our, it's our first one since the last Spider-Man movie. And that feels like it was years ago now at this point. Yeah. That's so. like ancient Spider-Man has moved on. Uh, from uh, traveling across the ocean, and now he's promoting a United Airlines safety videos. Uh, I wasn't expecting that on my United flight uh, back to the Midwest, but I guess there's a cross-promotion between United and Sony. So yeah. um, I guess maybe that was their fallback plan in case the Marvel the Marvel connection didn't come through. We'll just, we'll just produce this with United. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, anyway, we can talk Spider-Man later, Mike. Right now... Joker, anything before we go into next week? Anything you want to tell anybody? Um, I've heard some people out there have gotten a hold of the script and are reading it, and they are still going to Twitter with their hot takes. And even though I said earlier uh, a couple weeks ago on the podcast, save your hot takes until you've actually seen a movie, I still feel like that holds true even if you have a hold of the script. Like scripts are scripts are a technical document at the end of the day. The script is not entirely the movie. So I still feel like there are people out there that are that are just uh, extrapolating a little too much, and it's just really annoying me. Really, just on principle, that it's just like 
you just haven't you haven't even seen it. So I feel like some people are still trying to push this narrative of somehow this one movie is going to be bad for society. I don't know. That just bugs me. Like you're putting too much pressure on one film. This is like going back to Captain Marvel earlier this year. Like these are just like movies. Like just just chill out. Like it's not even like rated R. So it's just like uh, wait, no, this is rated R, isn't it? It is rated R. Well, it's not NC-17, so the amount of damage any one film could do, it's just like, you know, it's like uh, people were putting on the why so serious face when the Joker was in the Dark Knight, so people are probably going to do more clown makeup again, and people are going to go on Twitter and complain. I don't know. I feel like I'm already exhausted, and I haven't even seen the movie yet, so uh, well, I'm going to well, try to push that baggage to the side when I go to the theater this weekend. It, well, it's a lot of hyperbole, I believe, um, you know... First and foremost, like we talked about, when when the first It movie came out, there were the clowns in the fields just creeping people out, but nothing bad <laughs> happened. Uh, same with this. People, again, are associating with the Dark Knight movie. Um, Dark Knight Rises came and went. Uh, Batman uh, versus Superman came and went. Justice League came and went. Nothing's going to happen uh, mm-hmm. at all. And if so, it's not because of this movie. I will tell you that right yeah. now. So I, I just want to be just want to be uh, perfectly clear here. I'm not like one of these people that are just like ah the the PC culture is too crazy. Blah blah blah. I was like, I think the PC culture is exactly where it needs to be. Stop saying mean things about people. This is a totally different principle of just like you can't look at a cheeseburger and say this cheeseburger is bad for people and it tastes awful if you haven't taken a bite. Well, I think that that's where I'm at right now. Well, it's like the. Well, the new the impossible burgers and stuff like that people are like well they're not healthy their point's not to be healthy they're just plant based yeah. but taste and have the same bad for you values a regular hamburger is it's mm-hmm. it's just not made with real meat so um i don't know how we're talking about hamburgers now <laughs> uh but in, anyway the joker is next week we'll be doing a review um so if you guys see it want to send anything to us don't do it till sunday cuz i don't think i'll be able to watch it till sunday so. Yeah, that's true. We, we, we've got some complicated uh, uh, weekend plans coming up, but uh, as we always do, we make sure we get to this stuff to you in time. So don't worry. We're on the case. We are. We're on the case. I, everything. Hot news, hot takes, hot new trailers that just came out literally while we were setting up to record. Mm-hmm. Uh, the King's Man gives us a second trailer um, unveiling some more story points of the film rather than just some uh, slow motion action scenes for once. So Yeah. After watching this trailer... It almost feels like, are they attempting to like reboot the series? Because this is a this is a prequel film. Oh, apparently what I just said uh, uh, knocked off my my Siri. Yeah. Uh, so let me know if this recording uh, takes off anybody's Siri when they're listening to this. Uh, so it seems like a prequel almost. They're like going back and almost telling the same Exy story, but just in a different time period. But now they get to dabble kind of with like a real war. I don't know if it's, is it World War One that yeah. you think we're seeing in here? It is, it is World War One. Yeah, so I mean that'll be a, like a, that'll be a, an interesting angle to take because world war one we saw in wonder woman you know it's i think historically it's known as a very deadly war so i could totally see something like the kingsman sprouting out of an event like that um also the technology they kind of make a little bit of a joke about it with a parachute at the end but i feel like gadgets just the word gadget and what that entails i feel like those things are always more useful the further you go back in time because like now like with like with remote controlled like drones and like uh, the most deadliest like handheld weapons that have ever been in existence like a gadget ain't going to stop like a bullet you know but like maybe some of these like like you know old like rusty guns you know back then you know i think gadgets could work, be pretty effective well, 
they they have to i mean they're bulkier and they have to serve a very one specific purpose right it's not goldeneye where you have one watch that can trigger your remote mines your proximity mines and all your other you know mm. fun stuff so i mean i think it was cool you I mean you did point out you know um that they do have a sword with a gun in it yeah <laughs> which is which is very close to as I think of the umbrella with the the gun in it in in the newer when they had the technology. But could, Chris, it's a gun sword. You are the Final a, Fantasy VIII fan here. Yeah, uh, I, I, this is basically your second your second only to the lightsaber and a badass handheld weapon. Yeah, I, I do love being a good gunblade. That that's for <laughs> sure. Um, I, I think this film, you know, knowing that it's set in World War One prequel stuff, I think it's going to span several years of what it looks like because there's a lot of Ray Fines doing some like very much fighting in the trenches, literally and, and figuratively here. Uh-huh. Um, it looks to be like a lot of action, a lot of actual war fighting as well as you know the you know here's what the kingsmen are um Riss Ifens uh is the villain there he plays uh, the Rasputin character and he looks creepy and yeah kind of fun he he looks at he looks just of time too like he'd feel a little out of place if it was a uh, present if it was present day but I was like yeah this dude looks like a villain yeah and he's got the accent I mean he literally feels like the villain from the the beginning of the Hellboy movie who was also Rasputin who was like dealing with magic and stuff in World War II. Oh yeah. But um mm-hmm. I mean he he looks like he's going to have some some stuff up his sleeve as well. Um a lot of a lot of people but I I'm, I'm interested in seeing where this goes and, and and how it plays out. I know you know again we we're very split on how the second one is but um a, a prequel's a, a pretty safe space to kind of go into I feel on this one. So uh it looks fun. I like a good I like a good period piece. So. Yeah, I'm I'm loving the vibe. I'm I'm all on board. Yeah. So, Kingsman, uh, second trailer, just uh, debuted right before the show. Check our show notes. Click click the link. Jurassic World is now going to have spanned six movies by 2021, Mike. Six Jurassic Park movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Jurassic World 3, we'll have the return of the first Jurassic World director, Colin Trevorrow, um, directing it. And he will be, he's finally brought back Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum to the same movie. Yeah, and we've been told that these will be prominent roles, which I assume is a way to say we're not going to Jurassic World 2 you with Jeff Goldblum where he just came in for half a day and sat at a table. So that makes me excited. Uh, I asked you before we started recording if you had seen the short film that came out because I forgot exactly when it came out. I think it was Saturday or a Sunday. I think I think it might have been the after we recorded last week, possibly because it was like it was like a Monday when you could like watch it during the day. Or um, but that was pretty cool. That was kind of a way to get people back into like, oh, remember these Jurassic World movies that made a bunch of money? Uh, Here's like a four minute short film. So that kind of invigorated me a little bit. And just coincidentally, the previous week um i had watched uh the original jurassic world uh which is still a really fun movie i don't think i need to return to jurassic world 2 didn't really like it that much but you just got to remember at the end of that film the dinosaurs get loose and i would assume if it, it was north america right i don't remember if it was like the pacific northwest or what the, region let me drop a bombshell i didn't see the second one Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Spoilers. Well, I the, mean, I, I know what happened. Like, I know, the dinos- I know what, they're, like they're they're selling the dinosaurs on the black market or something. And yeah, the dinosaur the the dinosaurs are you know they're they're out they're out of the fence. They're out there. So I'm assuming with Sam Neill or Darren Jeff Goldblum coming back, they might be kind of retreading on a similar story point with Sam Neill in Jurassic Park Three, where there's some dinosaur uh, havoc happening. And what do you do? You go back to the people 
people that have had history with dinosaurs in the past. Now, Sam Neill is important in Jurassic Park 3 because he was familiar with Jurassic Parks themselves, not necessarily because he was a dinosaur expert, but now he's got like all of this experience under his belt. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see all these people come back. I I just I, think, I hope I hope it's just magical. I want to see these people on screen again. Well, Laura Dern is the only person who hasn't returned um, to a Jurassic Park movie since her debut. Well, no, she was wasn't she on the phone in Jurassic Park three? Like she wasn't really in the movie, but she was on the other end of that satellite phone. Well, um, yeah, I don't count it. I but don't I count it one bit. Well, you can yeah, you don't have to count it because you don't really have to count Jeff Goldblum in the Jurassic World too. They they both showed up for like yeah. four but, hours and got paid. But Goldblum <laughs> did all of Jurassic Park too. Oh yeah, well, th- I mean that's a totally different scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I I count that one for him. Like him and Sam Neill both did their time round two. So mm-hmm. to have her back and see kind of what Ellie Sattler brings to the table is going to be interesting. Um, I would imagine get... she. I would imagine she's going to bring a lot of compassion because she she was always like compassionate side in that Jurassic Park movie. You know, she saw the the sick Triceratops. She went right into that poop pile. She wanted to stay with it when the storm was coming. So you know, she might be the one like telling uh, Chris Pratt like, "Don't shoot that dinosaur." Yeah, I mean, probably maybe taking care of like some of the the, the friendlier ones uh, along the way, or finding out maybe finding out the weakness on some of the the hybrid ones they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, we're probably only one Jurassic Park movie short of mixing human and, and dinosaur <laughs> DNA together. Yeah, you know, right? I've, I feel like we're we're pretty close there already. <laughs> and then if they bring back B.D. Wong, they can all maybe recreate a scene in a lab together with a baby being born in. B.D. Wong in is so strange because you know how he kind of had that like uh, kind of chaotic neutral uh, side to him in, in Jurassic World 1? Yeah. Well, in Jurassic World 2, they they – they attempt to make him a little bit no- more nefarious, if I remember right. Um, and it just he just doesn't play that off very well, so I'm just really curious how they're going to evolve that in the next one. But I don't know. Jurassic, the Jurassic World movies, they're just, they're just a different type of film now. I wouldn't say they've gone full Fast and Furious, where like the second half of the franchise is just off the rails. Uh, but it's just not quite like the first original. Nothing is like the first original Jurassic Park movie because it's a goddamn classic. So yeah. uh, just don't hold it to those standards and you'll have a fun time. I mean, I like one and two has certain parts. Uh, three is unbearable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a roller coaster of a ride. That's for sure. Yeah, when I was talking to my um, wife about this news, I was like, I hope they do some sort of subtle homage where they uh, ask um, Alan uh, slash Sam Neill if he's had any more dreams about dinosaurs recently to just uh, mimic to the part where he dreamed about the raptor saying his name. I would appreciate a callback to that, but uh, who knows? We'll see if it happens. Yeah, maybe they'll bring back the kids. Tim and, oh, Tim and what's her face? Oh, I would, I would die to see that. That'd be great. They're like the heirs of the, like the grandpa's thing, so they get to come in and do like some boardroom stuff and be like, "Yeah, we're honestly, in charge now." Honestly, they should have been in Jurassic World too, because there's a lot of shoehorned like legacy, who's inherited the park stuff, or all this IP in the Jurassic World too, and it just it's all sloppy. It would have been so much easier it, if they brought those kids back. It, it's the guy who plays Babe's owner, right? Uh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah the guy from my robot so, <laughs> uh so I see I know stuff I just haven't seen it yet so um I just don't want to watch the Brachiosaurus or Brontosaurus like die in the end of it's the a, pier man it's like, all, it's all, it's all pixels Chris you'll be all right <laughs> I know but the feels it's give me in the feels 
Anyway, I really like Jurassic Park one, uh, so I'm really glad to see these guys come back to. They have really good chemistry on screen. Mm-hmm. They really, they really work together well. So, and maybe we'll get another stupid, sexy gold bloom moment. <laughs> That's what we're all hoping for. Star Wars news here. We got several bits of Star Wars news uh, to talk about today. Believe it or not, because uh, as you know, Friday may or not know, Friday was Force Friday, where they reveal a bunch of like toys and other things all at once. Oh yeah, I, I forgot about that. It's like it's like either May the Fourth or it's like a toy holiday. Last weekend it was Batman Day. I can't keep track of this stuff. Chris. Yeah, well you were you were traveling, so I, I'm not gonna hold it against you. But one of the biggest things to come out this week is that Kevin Feige is producing a movie for Star Wars with Kathleen Kennedy. I like that idea just because Kevin Feige is a finite resource, which sounds crazy when I say that because you'd think like, oh, well, then why do you want – you're stretching him too thin if you put him over to, over to Star Wars. But he's a, he's a creative resource, and like a creative person needs to be moved around a little bit. You can't, you can't have them fall into ruts. This is why like things like muses exist. You know, you have to keep uh, the creative mind healthy and playing around and challenging it. So if he gets to jump over and do like a Star Wars project, I'm totally fine with that. It helps him uh, just uh, play with different universes and play with a different toy. So I'm I'm down with Kevin Feige uh, playing with Star Wars a little bit. Well, what's fun here is that the 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 reveal came from uh, Alan Horn, which is one of the Disney boards or whatever. I think the COO. And he says that they're pursuing, helping pursue a new era in Star Wars storytelling. Mm-hmm. Well, as we know, The Last Jedi is um, the last official announced, or not last, the Rise of Skywalker is the last official Star Wars movie, right? Mm-hmm. Until those um, unannounced three movies in, in a few years. So what if they're like, you know what, we can, we, we've wiped the slate clean with all this old Star Wars stuff. Let's do a Star Wars connected universe going forward. Let's try the Marvel approach proper from a ground zero. I mean, it's it's highly possible. I mean, we just talked about Kingsman, which was yeah. a Fox property, which now is owned by Disney. So if Disney is a franchise machine, you know, it seems like they might be doing something like that with Kingsman. So obviously, you know, you do the same thing with your other property. Um, I don't know if you talked to uh, one of the guests at the wedding this weekend. His name was Chris, uh, another Chris there. Um huh. He, uh, he he's a really big Star Wars fan. He he actually came out to uh, L.A. a few years ago, and he went to Star Wars Celebration. He uh, he reads all of the new Star Wars comics. He told me like, oh, I've been reading all of the issues ever since Marvel uh, bought them back. He's a really big fan of the Darth Darth Bane character storyline. Uh, I'm not familiar with that, but uh, he was kind of talking about how he feels about Star Wars because a lot of people know he's really into it, so they come and they ask him questions like, oh, how do you feel about this news? How do you feel about that? And when uh, when Disney bought um, Star Wars, you know, he wasn't he wasn't too upset about it because it's just like, you know, it's two sides of a coin here. You either get no Star Wars at all and you might see like a glimmer of it every like 20 years or so or you get it all the time and it's just like you know maybe sometimes quantity uh can be met with quality and everybody can have what they want so i think i resonated with that a little bit it's just like yeah if you don't like all the star wars stuff coming out 
the other option, which has been most of our lives, is you don't get any of it at all, ever, and you just dream about what could possibly be. So, uh, you know, if they want to make a connected universe, uh, at least it gives them an opportunity to sit down and plan stuff out, because I know you, Chris, on the show have said, like, you don't like how J.J. Abrams just comes up with a bunch of random stuff and doesn't plot out where it's going to go, and that could have caused some of the issues that was in The Last Jedi, so if this gives everybody the opportunity to maybe sit down for a month at a writer's table with the producers and writer of the film and other creatives and be like, where should this franchise go? I'd be interested in that. Um, I'm curious if they're going way back in time to do Knights of the Old Republic. Maybe they'll just like really uh, roll the dice and jump really far into the future. Like, you know, really just jump over the Skywalker story, which is really just like, you know, some people could say maybe has weighed down just the story of like Jedi's and the Force in general. So maybe we'll go way back in time and go way forward in time. You know, there's a whole lot to explore here. Like they use the word galaxy far, far away. Galaxy is gigantic. There's a whole lot of stuff you could be telling in there. So um, yeah, Star Wars ain't going anywhere. Well, well the thing is, after nine movies, I don't think they're going to do another trilogy. You know, in, in whatever happens after the rise of Skywalker, so they can start fresh. I don't always, you know, they went back and did, you know, again, uh, Rogue One. How many years? Almost forty years after the original New Hope, which was like a little prequel that like bumped up against it by like mere hours. Uh, so, so plenty thing like, and the way it was released, you know, you got the middle trilogy first, and then the prequel trilogy, and then the postquel trilogy. It's all over the place. They, again. George Lucas was doing what he could when he could. And again, we there's kind of been a burnout on Star Wars, but it's a lot of things that you know we talked about a, so, a solo prequel, who needs it? You know, we no, we know where he is. We know where he ends know, up. You know, just spitballing. What could be a really interesting idea is what if there's like a planet that's just on the far reach of the galaxy that just just doesn't know about any of this stuff. Doesn't know about the Force, doesn't know about the Federation's, never seen a lightsaber before. And then you just got kind of like this Jedi that just like visits there and just like slowly teaching these people what the Force is, you know, you know. And then then it's almost just kind of like you're slowly introducing just everything to the Star Wars universe again. I mean, that could be a way to do it, but uh, I don't think anything is ever going to get rebooted because the lore is already too thick. Like they're never going to reestablish any oh, of this yeah. stuff. So they just have to find pockets to kind of like put a right. story in. And if they go forward, I mean, they at least have like, hey, go watch these old movies. But you know, we can reference these events, but we don't necessarily have to pick up the pieces of their event. Mm-hmm. Uh, if something was was large enough around them, you know, to deal with that. But I mean, if, if Feige's involved, what else do we know Kevin Feige to do other than building the interconnected series, the universes? I, I mean, that is his specialty. <laughs> and uh, now, again, you do bring up a good point. Some people need out of that thing, so maybe he just wants to do a one-off and never have to do anything else again um, mm-hmm. to do do it. So maybe this is his chance to, to flex his wings a little bit um, and get out of that Marvel thing yet. But we we literally have no details other than the fact that his. Kevin Feige's name is now on Star Wars as well as Marvel, and mm-hmm. um, honestly, I don't see any bad things coming out of this, to, to me. But yeah, but yeah. Um, so the other thing, you know, some of the other stuff that came out of Force Friday, you know, we got the the Rise of Skywalker, we got a couple of images of Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. Uh, oh, I see here. Um, so you got to take a look at some of these. Uh, people who may or may not be some sort of metal band that perform. Whoa, Chris, have we already marked off something on our bingo card I with these images? Because I, I believe one of our spots was really weird Knights of Ren weaponry, 
And so if I look at this first poster, um, all right, looks like we got like a, like a sickle here, but it looks like it was pulled out of a dumpster. We got like a big axe here that doesn't look too special, but we don't see the hilt yet, and there's a part of it is obscured. So there could be something goofy going on with part of that axe. You know, maybe there there could be like a moving joint here or something. So we're getting closer. I feel like I we can safely mark that off on our Star Wars bingo card. Oh yeah. Oh, and this guy on the on the far left of the photo has this gigantic broad piece of metal over his shoulder. We you only see a very little bit of that, and oh, there might be a little bit of. Is that a mace or a shoulder pad? I don't know. There's got to be a goofy weapon here. That's all I'm saying. Well, <laughs> I, I, they're going to be used in ways we don't expect them to be used, Mike. No mm. one's just swinging a battle axe in the in a realm of blasters and lightsabers. Mm-hmm. So some, one of these might be rocket powered. That's what, what I'm guessing. Uh, but there's there's the Knights of Rins and, and you know with Kylo in the background. But then we also get another uh, cinematic look at the Knights of Ren here. Um, that's kind of more of a you know a shot from the movie. To see uh-huh. them in colored, and uh, they're really menacing. They've got a vibe about them. I'll tell you the truth there. So um, I'm I'm excited to see them in action, and rather than just a flashback in the first J.J. Abrams movie, yeah. and maybe an explanation of where they were in that last movie, because it seemed like uh, Kylo Ren was going through some shit, and he maybe could have used some backup. So I don't know. Maybe they're on a secret mission that they couldn't talk about. Yeah, I, I guess it all depends on yeah you know, how they could get there. Simply because didn't the last Jedi literally take place? a few hours after the end of the first movie because they were all on the run from the big empire cruisers so um yeah yeah i guess you could say that so they may have not had time to get there this is you know it's the whole avenger saying why doesn't tony stark call captain america and thor well it took place over like a day so that's probably why he didn't do it but but lastly we have the empire cover empire does all these covers there's some connected covers as well but we get to see uh, Ray with the uh, lightsaber uh, from the last Skywalker, Luke's lightsaber put back together, um, and then uh, Kylo with his helmet also put back together. There's probably some metaphor in there about these guys putting things back together um, <laughs> and, and going with that. And then, uh, of course, the uh, infamous uh, Force lightnings behind the mic. Uh, if you got a bad guy with with the force, you got some lightning, right? No, it it was just uh, it was bad weather that day. You're reading into the lightning. It's just, that's just what happens when the humidity and the the pressure of the air, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the weather patterns <laughs> in galaxies far, far away, Mike. I, 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 I don't just know. realized. I just realized I don't know how lightning's made. So I'm, I'm yeah. gonna have to Google. It comes from Thor. There he makes go. the lightning. So. Uh, again, Star Wars. Uh, I, we've it's been almost a year, it's been over a year and a half, I think, since the last Star Wars movie. Mike, it's time to we get should be again. We should be getting a proper trailer soon. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm still guessing we're hitting October. If we get one in October, the other one will be November to say tickets are on sale. If not, it'll just be the tickets are on sale in late October, early November. Mm-hmm. But the Star Wars hype is real. I, I very much think think it's real. What do you think? Absolutely, absolutely. You, you, it, the hype is always real. It just it just takes time, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we've we've had a little sour taste left in our mouth, uh, depending on uh, who you are and how you feel about the previous installments we've had since the Last Jedi. But the closer you get, you always get excited. I mean, it, it's a movie about laser swords, you know, yeah. and you're always a child on the inside. Well, some of those things I think they're also a lot of the Star Wars movies are samey, so it's hard to get hyped for the same movie feeling movie uh-huh. again. Because uh, we, you know, we get Marvel movies two to three a year, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I never feel burnt out. 
you yeah. know. So and I'll and I'll and I'll say this again and again: the music and the special effects are always top notch, triple A, like best in the biz all the time. So you're always going to have that, even if the story sucks. So there's yeah. always something to look forward to. Exactly. Like like I mean, I can hear the pod racing sounds in my head. But oh, I don't yeah. want to go watch the movie. Like that guttural sound, like where it goes like, like, like when, the like when he slows down. Slow- yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that. Sound design, soundtrack, it's all good, man. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, Star Wars. The Obi-Wan series has cast, or not cast, added Deborah Chow, uh, who is one of the directors for The Mandalorian, to the whole series. So okay, cool. Moving, moving right along, uh, they've also hired uh, Hossein Amini. Uh, who's known for uh, writing um, the show The Alienist and also the movie Drive. Oh, um, I like write, Drive. I'm a big series. fan of Drive. Drive is uh, Drive is great because it's just a it's a very it's very minimalistic because our main character doesn't talk that much in the film. So there's got there's a lot of talent when it comes to writing and directing that type of uh, a type of story. So yeah, he's got some chops. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely gonna be looking forward to to this one. Maybe maybe a minimal dialogue thing. A lot of a lot of old Obi Wan hermit years. Kind of well, thing, I mean, so. if he's by himself, unless he has a volleyball named Winston, who's he gonna be talking to? You know. So uh, he's gonna be alone wandering. He's a got lot. a football and he painted up like Yoda. <laughs> and people are just gonna look at the football and be like, "What's that?" And be like, "I don't know." <laughs> it talks weird. I, yeah. Uh, and we may have known this, but I, I mean, I it was confirmed in this article that the Obi Wan series takes place eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Oh, I didn't. Well, I didn't remember that, so it's news to me, Chris. Uh, mm-hmm. So eight years, I feel like that's enough time for him to get get his footing on Tatooine at least, or if if that's actually where he ends up being. Maybe he's actually not on Tatooine right away. Maybe he's still trying to like put some pieces together. You know, who knows? We'll find out. I think he's going to be there, and then somebody's going to pull him away for, like, a mission. And he's going to uh-huh. have to end up back there again. So, uh, otherwise, it's going to be a lot of sand. And <laughs> we all know how those Skywalkers feel about sand. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, I, I had the trailer for the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, but you didn't watch it. We're not going to talk about it. We're taking it off the list right here, live on air. Instead, we're going to switch gears over to a video game series called Uncharted, Mike. Have uh-huh. you played the Uncharted games? Yes, I'm working my way through Uncharted 2 right now, and it's been very fun. Yes, I've been playing Uncharted 4, so the first one I've ever played, uh, thanks to a friend and listener of the show, Andrew. Um, and uh, for this movie, they've you know again cast Tom Holland as uh, the main character, and they've added Travis Knight, the director of Bumblebee, as the director. That is great news. This is like Bumblebee news like twice in the last month uh, uh, because we're getting uh, what's-her-face for... Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld for the possible Hawkeye series. And uh, Bumblebee's a great film. Go watch it. I think it might be on Amazon Prime or Hulu. No, I was going to say HBO. It's streaming somewhere, I believe. So you can just like go watch it and check it out. It's a fun addition uh, to the Transformers universe, uh, and it's just a solid flick. So this is good. This is good news. I think I feel like this is a really good fit. Um, and after like really engrossing myself in uh, in Uncharted for the last couple months, which it doesn't take months to beat these games. I'm just very slow, but they're great to just kind of like pop on and play and then turn off. So yeah, I'm down for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny thing, I use our site that we always use, Just Watch, to look this up. It's mm-hmm. on Epics. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can't watch it then because no one has Epics. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you need a subscription to watch watch it, watch it on Epix. Otherwise, you can buy a rent anywhere else. We also pulled out the Just Watch app at like 12 in the morning at a bar today. So, you know, kudos for us for doing that. that that's just the type of people that we are. We are. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, people like Bumblebee, it's it's a good movie, good people see this as a win. Hopefully he stays around. I think this is like the fourth director they've added to this movie, so um, maybe, maybe it'll get made this time. Um, but speaking of Tom Holland, the Spider-Man saga Ooh. is over for now. Um, God, I, di- I didn't realize how gigantic the Spider-Man section was in our show notes. Man, a lot happened with Spidey. Yeah, uh, long story short, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the TLDR at the top, okay? Uh, Sony and Disney have reached a deal to make another Spider-Man movie, and he gets to appear in one other Marvel Cinematic Universe movie at this time. I feel like this is where I insert the shocked Pikachu face because it's like, oh, wow, really? They were going to make another Marvel Sony Spider-Man flick because the other ones made so much money? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, again, we, we, we contended from day one. It was all just just puffing. They were all puffing their, their chests, walking around. Mm. Well, Spider-Man was me. And they're like, no, Spider-Man was me. Yeah. They all worked it out. Great deal. Uh, probably the greatest deal of all time, Mike, as some, some people would say. Um <laughs> Uh, so um, Disney, uh, instead of getting 50% uh, and Sony, um, or instead of 5%, because Disney asked for 50, Sony was giving them 5 They met in the middle 25% equity. There you go. That's I, that's just textbook bargaining, our, our um, uh, negotiation right there. Like if you're going to a car lot, if you're just negotiating terms of any sort of deal, yeah, you request high. Uh, because for something you think that's actually going to be possible, and then you go down. If you ha- when you were like a kid and you had parents, like I feel like I've done that before, where you ask like for the moon, they're like, "No, we can't do that." It's like, okay, well, you know, I'd be fine with just this, you know. Like, I need fifty dollars. I'm got. I gotta go out this week with my friends. I'm not giving you fifty dollars. Uh, well, could you could you spare ten dollars? And no, that's all you really wanted was ten to begin with. So classic negotiation tactic. You know, I'm fine. It worked out either way. It's not like it's going to make my ticket for the next Spider-Man movie more. Expensive. Expensive, so I don't care who gets yeah. what money, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then also Disney will help co-finance the film this time around. I think, mm-hmm. which is or Sony, someone whoever financed the film last time is splitting it down the middle, which mm-hmm. makes it even for everybody. Because Disney, although they only get like say, you know, Spider-Man two made a billion dollars, right? So they get a paltry two hundred fifty million for, <laughs> for their work. Uh, that's fine, but if Sony bankrolled the whole thing, that's not too bad. Uh, so if they're half and half, you know, these movies usually cost about, you know, three hundred million probably when it's all said and done. Great, but Disney also retains all merchandising rights. So any Spider-Man toys, shirts, mugs, you know, anything you buy, that, it all goes back to that. That's, I mean, that's where the money is. It's in that merchandise. As much as we like to talk about these huge box office returns, like you'll, they'll never tell you like how much they're just like uh, they're you're just dragging to the bank from like selling like the they're just selling the rights to put spider-man on a bag of oranges you know that's that's more than any any ticket from any movie theater on the planet they're they're whoring those actors out to united to make some in-flight material for my (laughs) yes exactly exactly so um great good good for everybody there the deal includes one movie with the release date of july 16th 2021 mike hard date here Ooh, so there you go automatically expanding that roster that we thought may have been set in stone at comic-con but you know we were naive to think that that's all we were gonna get so i'm glad we're slotting spidey in there we got to figure out what happened we were we were left on a cliffhanger from far from home yeah so i'm glad that gets to get resolved uh and then he also gets one other movie appearance now will that be phase four or will that be the fourth Avengers movie, Mike. 
I don't know. May, I mean, appearance makes it sound like it's just like a cameo, but it's not really. He could well, be a pivotal p- character in the film. His Avengers Endgame and Far From Home uh, and, and Civil War were all – not Far From Endgame, Infinity uh-huh. War, and Civil War were all considered appearances. Yeah. I'll, take, I'll, take a shot, I'll take a shot in the dark and I'll say Young Avengers. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd take a regular Avengers movie, uh, something a little less spacey for him. Uh-huh. Uh, and where he's also not fighting other Avengers, uh, let him fight an actual bad guy for once. Uh-huh. Uh, that'd be that'd be kind of interesting to see how he works in tandem with everyone, um, in, in, in an Earth-based villain rather than than the Thanos army. But yeah, <laughs> well, well, whatever we can get, you know, we'll take that. Uh, the director of both Spider-Man movies, John Watts, is in talks to return to direct this third MCU film. He would be uh-huh. the Technically, the second director hired to do so, but the first to actually complete it. Because 2021 has four Marvel movies in one year, Mike. Uh-huh. Four. We go from two... No, we had three this year uh, to two next year, and then four. We're expanding the roster. Um, Ain't nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. <laughs> no, not not at all. Um, if it was Star Wars, though, we'd all be complaining. I'll just say yeah, that. Yeah, that's earlier. old. Um, but... The entire trilogy of Spider-Man movies takes place literally in between filming of Guardians 2 and Guardians 3. <laughs> so they've yeah, done three Spider-Man movies and no Guardians movie uh, in, in that time. So I just think that was uh, a funny little tidbit when you look at the schedule release. Um, this, so here's where it gets a little more nebulous since we don't know the finer details. Reports have two different kind of conflicting things here. One is that the Sony Universe and Marvel Cinematic Universe could have what we call like call and response with their films. Mm-hmm. So it's like a shared details universe. Um, so like uh, this is an exact quote from Feige, Kevin Feige here is that Spider-Man happens to also be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as co- Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, you may never know what surprises the future might hold. Huh. Well, it. it- uh, when I hear that, I almost kind of think about like comic books in general, right? You know, usually you have your bigger event stories that you pull your characters in, and then they go off and run in their own comic book. And then it's not like Captain America is keeping track with Peter Parker what he's doing in his normal like weekly issues. So you know, I don't think there's anything too wrong with that. I'm just glad that it seems like they finally hammered something out. You know, it seems like they've ch- tried to make a long goal here. Um, I mean, the way things are going now, I've liked the stuff that they've made. I just, I would just love to see a more prominent uh, Norman Osborn at some point in time mm-hmm. because I think he's, I think he's uh, interesting enough to span outside of just Spider-Man in New York, maybe into other characters. So, you know, hopefully Norman was on the table in that negotiation. Uh, but uh, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about that kind of one quote and one sentence a lot in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, my concern is that there's there's a deal here where Spider-Man is going to show up in, like, Venom or Morbius or this other movie we're going to talk about later. Um, but then, you know, like, or they, like, hey, this thing happened in, in the Marvel movies so we can reference it in our Sony universes. And if it's a long-term effect, I don't care. Whatever. You know, we you, can, you really get to pick and choose what you want to watch. Uh, it's like Star Wars. You could not watch episode one and nothing will affect your viewing for the rest of the, the series. So, um, But at the point you did bring up that this is a, a one-time kind of deal, again, two movies, but they could extend it again 
a conflicting report says Kevin Feige might be plotting an end game to wrap up Peter Parker's MCU story and let him cross over into Sony's universe. It might be the end of the deal. Um, so that would mean we get a full trilogy and three, you know, Avengers things, which would be pretty about par for the course for like Captain America, even you know. So what I mean. That- I mean, I mean the character in general, though, the unfortunate thing is he's young. He's a kid. Yeah. So when you think about Captain America or Tony Stark, I mean, come on. Like, look at Robert Downey Jr. in uh, 2008, and then look at him the last time he played Iron Man. Like, you could you could physically see him aging. I mean, he's human. That's what happens. But, like, Tom Holland, I mean, he's he's got a, he's got a shelf life there. He's, he's but a child. So um, it, it, it would just be weird to just be like, oh, Kevin Feige is going to put him in an Avengers movie, and then at the very end... He's going to have some sort of monologue where he's just like, I can't be doing all this Avenger stuff. It's really stressful on my psyche. I'm just going to go off and do my own adventure. So see you guys never. Sorry. Uh, I mean, he would do it more eloquently than that. But he, um, he I mean, you know. <laughs> well, well, he could fall into another universe. Yeah, like into the I don't, Spider-Verse. I don't, I don't want him to fall into another uh, another universe. I, like if if Tom Holland is playing Spider Man, I always want the possibility for him to show up with other Marvel characters because I mean that's the whole point of like so, universes and these characters. But so couldn't that work if he falls into again worst case scenario here the Sony universe right? Mm-hmm. And then in like five years they're like, all right, you know what? We're not making any money as much money as we thought. Marvel, you can have him back. So they're like, oh, he comes back from this universe. He finds a way through. And then he's just an older Spider-Man. Yeah. So when you're saying universes, are you saying like universes within the MCU? Like, oh, he fell through a wormhole? Yeah, are you something saying- like that. Fell through a wormhole, but the, uh, that wormhole was the Venom universe. Yeah, I mean, possibly. Whatever they need to do is just don't make it concrete in the public. Just always leave the door open because if you shut it, it gets harder right. when you go back to that negotiation table. Like maybe we are we are just hearing that possibly because uh, Feige and Sony just like are like, hey, we're friends, we're good now, but don't don't cross the line because we always have this on the table that we could pull this away. So yeah. uh, you know who, who knows? We, just, and yeah, in five years we could be talking about all this again. Yeah, just just to just to wrap it up, uh, Disney buy Columbia Pictures. <laughs> just buy go. it. Just straight up buy it. So. Uh, I think uh, Far From Home, uh, my digital or my physical copy arrives this week. Um, the Daily Bugle News has a website now with uh, the uh, new J. Jonah Jameson on there, so people can go check that out if you want to. As yeah, well. I I heard that there was is there some sort of like short film with J. Jonah on the new Spider Man release. I don't know what that was. I, didn't I don't check know it if out. it's a short film, but he's got some of the news clips that they filmed. Uh, okay, so um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll definitely check into that. On that regard, though, also in 2021, kicking it off, I believe, that year, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, again, I call this movie. I'm going to always bring that up. Um, but the filming <laughs> is going to begin November 1st in Sydney, Australia. So um, production's already beginning on the um, Eternals. Black Widow is supposedly done. Eternals is uh, currently in production. Shang-Chi's will kick off in November. That means by this time next year... Um, Spider-Man will have already been done filming pretty much again. So, mm-hmm. uh, we're, and then what was the other Dr. Strange will have to be filming right after mm-hmm. that. So my um, recommendation is to go on Twitter and follow Simu Lu, who is going to be playing, uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, his Twitter is really funny. I don't know if just once he got cast in a Marvel movie, like their PR machine took over his Twitter account and they're just like really good at it. Or Simu Lu, just has like really great social media presence on his own, but his Twitter is really funny. So, uh, go check that out. Yeah. Uh, so, 
get to know him before he becomes the master of martial arts, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, some sad news for people here. Ghost Rider uh, series is no longer moving forward. Hulu, citing uh-huh. creative differences. and I, Ah, I creative use, the, the I, classic phrase. <laughs> I use air quotes very heavily here. Uh, uh-huh. I can't see them, but I am. Um, but rumors before this, earlier in the week, were that Ghost Rider, um, they're wanting to use Ghost Rider in the MCU later in, you know, possibly Phase 4, Disney Plus uh-huh. show, something like that. Uh, so, of course, that could, of course, impact any television appearances. Uh, the other report I read today is that uh, the Marvel Marvel television may be focusing more on animated things going forward rather than live action. Um, and Ghost Rider is just one of the first casualties of that. Yeah, well, I was uh, yeah. There's a there's a whole lot going on over at Hulu, so I'm not surprised that this just got canceled. Maybe not strategically, but uh, strategically character wise, but just like we got too much going on. We're we, we're trying to launch Disney Plus over here. We don't need all this other Marvel stuff happening at Hulu, even though we kind of already own Hulu. Um, I guess if if he went MCU, it seems like they might dump Gabriel Luna because it feels like by the time they got a movie going, Gabriel Luna might be in the rearview mirror a little too far. Uh, since I mean, he, I thought he was a cool version of Ghost Rider, but I feel like maybe they'd go back and try to do the classic Ghost Rider yeah. with the motorcycle because that's probably been far enough removed now that they could bring back the skull and motorcycle, kind of like the classic look. Um, but I think Ghost Rider in general would work really well with Blade because when Blade comes out, we got to find a way to explain vampires. Now, how are we going to explain vampires? You know, we kind of got magic out there in the world with Doctor Strange. I mean, magic is not vampires, factually. If those things were real, they're not vampires, but they all feel the same realm if you will. Well, so, you know, if you if you kind of bring in Ghost Rider, you know, he's kind of dealing with, like, demons, and those could cross a lot easier. So I feel like those two characters teaming up at some point in time would be a dream. I mean, it's already happened in the comic books. It makes so much sense. Well, you, you tie it in, like I said, Doctor Strange in, in this multiverse of madness where he does deal with demons regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easily easily attainable. Um, I just got the... They've been releasing Marvel's... Been releasing these history of the Marvel comic universe books lately they're on the third one um the history of vampires is actually explained in there as a demon who had all these spells and stuff um and all of his spells were found like he was locked away and all these spells were compiled into this book called the dark hold which they actually used in agents, agents of, of shield. shield yeah but the people who read from the dark hold accidentally unleashed the and turned people into vampires from that, so there's an opportunity here with Blade and Ghost Rider and, and to deal with demons and and hell and the mm-hmm. quote unquote hell and all this other evil magicry, magicry and you know dark universe stuff. So uh, I I would like to see Johnny Blaze or possibly even his uh, successor Danny Ketch uh, mm-hmm. take over in there. So um, you know could yeah. up up some Harley sales. Who, who knows? <laughs> but uh, I I will miss I will miss, Gabriel Luna was a great Ghost Rider in. Agents of Shield, and I do like the car. Um, yeah. The car was I mean, really fun. I mean, don't feel too. I, I wouldn't feel too bad for him. He's going to be in the next uh, Terminator movie. Hopefully, that really launches his career. Because I don't know if he's done anything uh, cinematic wise outside of television. I thought he was a, a cool guy. So hopefully, he just doesn't like sit around waiting at night in front of the phone waiting for Marvel to car- call again. Hopefully, he moves on to other great things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he, I think he's got a lot of. Um... I guess uh, people will know him after being in a Terminator movie, despite how good or or bad it will end up being. So, um, yeah, he's he's got some things. So I'm I'm excited to to see what's going on with with this stuff. 
On that, we're going to flip it back over to the Sony stuff. We talked about a movie earlier that we didn't name yet, but there's one they're working on called Madam Web. Uh, and if I said that to you, do you know who this character is? Uh, I uh, know Madam Web from a very memorable uh, 90s Spider-Man uh, animated episode where yes. she comes in and she starts like playing with like dimensions and then she brings in all of these other spider people for like a Spider-Verse before Spider-Verse happened on screen uh, uh, the other year. So uh, that's – I mean that's what I think. I think multiple Spider-Man is what I think Madam Web. Exactly. And Collider – uh, is reporting that the Morbius writers uh, for for saying are going to write a live action Madam Web web film, and if you remember watching Into the Spider Verse, um, mm-hmm. when they go through the dimensions, there's all the spider webs connecting all the dimensions. Mm-hmm. She's in the middle, usually controlling those webs. So um, that, I think this is you know they're just trying to pull it into a live action version rather than the animated <laughs> version. So um, you know what? No, in my opinion, the animated version is the superior version. So if they're gonna do Madam Web, which is just seems very obscure for her own film, uh, go ahead, have the balls, and what you're gonna do is make that movie half animated, half live action. You're gonna pull Tom Holland Spider Man into an animated Spider-Verse movie. And Sony could do uh, something that's like I've never really seen on screen before. I mean, we've had things like, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which has a little bit of that crossover, but it's a little bit more of a gimmick. They could tell, they could have the cinematic masterpiece where you're jumping from like the beautiful Spider-Verse world animated to live action. And hell, it could be like that scene in... Um, it could be like that scene in Inside Out or that uh, scene at the end of Enter the Florpus and in Invader Zim where things get crazy and all the animation styles change. Like, just go balls of the wall because no one's going to care about Madam Web unless you got Twitter or you got um, Facebook or Instagram out there, like, freaking out because they're going to do, like, this crazy new adventurous thing. So uh, that's that's my well, wish that'll probably not happen. <laughs> yeah, probably not. My thing is, you know, Madame wants to see psychic, she's clairvoyant, she has access to multiple dimensions, but what the hell... Like, you never see her by herself. So what is her point by herself? You obviously, even your pitch, you need Spider-Man to make her mm. work. Yes. So how do you, what, what's the point of having the solo movie? Is it just the premise is she's at the, 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 the larger portion of a new Spider-Man type movie? Or, or something else? I, I don't know, but it my, is definitely a weird place to be. My, my backup pitch would be... If you have to attach her to a Spider-Man-like character, maybe bring in uh, Ben Riley, like the Scarlet Spider. Maybe like she could be um, like a maybe she could be not like a mentor, but maybe she she could be kind of like helping him deal with his like humanity and what it is to be like a person if you're like a clone. And then at least you know she gets to do her like a uh, like pulling the strings thing, and she also has a Spider-Man counterpart. But you, you know, but you can kind of try to differentiate it because uh, that I mean that's a that's a really awesome spider-man character that we've yet to see is uh, the clone of uh the clone of peter parker which might be a little out there for a cinematic universe but yeah you know that's my backup pitch yeah there's some opportunities here but she has to have spider-man to work you can't just be like well here's madam web hope she has a good day her last name is web spiders have webs what's the point of matt like at least with morbius you could say like oh he's like a vampire and he can go do cool vampire stuff like what is madam web gonna do you know yeah well there was a secondary madam web who had a different name but yeah it's why 
What's her point? I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's uh, friends with Aunt May because we kind of got that uh, – oh, right. we got that kind of weird connection where like Aunt May seems to make a lot of female friends, you know, and they kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge oh, that. Oh, a female-led <laughs> Spider-Man movie, but it's like – With a bunch of old ladies. Sponsored by the AARP. <laughs> oh, my God. All yeah. right. Third pitch. We got three pitches out there. And the last uh, one's we, the best, but – We only we only want 10%. That's all. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll take five. I'll take five. <laughs> Um, no, Chris, you asked for 10, so they have to bargain. They have to negotiate down, and then we'll get our five. Oh, damn, you're right. Okay, 20. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but speaking of female-led things, Arrow is also doing the same thing, doing a female-led spinoff series uh, focusing on the uh, one of the newer characters, uh, Mia Smoke, who's like the future Green Arrow in the Flash Forwards, and uh, several of the other two people who play Black Canary in the show as well. Hmm. And this is at the CW, and they're supposedly working on a backdoor pilot for it during Arrow's final season. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, uh, the CW is this crazy playground where it seems like they can make a show out of anything, and sometimes it works. They pull it off. So, I mean, if Arrow's going to be gone, they're gonna they're gonna fill that spot with um, with something. And who knows about Batwoman season right. two? Uh, I I guess we can talk about that here real real quick. I didn't look into it too much, but. Um, uh, what was it? What's the actress's name that's playing Batwoman again? Oh, that is a great question. I have uh, a. I, I sent you a, a, an Instagram link for it. Yeah, we just we just had uh, links going. Ruby uh, Rose. Ruby Rose. Yeah, you 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 looked into it more. You said she was injured on set and was almost paralyzed making yeah. the first season of Batwoman. Yeah, so she had like um, I think it was like two um, like uh, fractured vertebrae who were like uh-huh. a herniated disc uh, in her back or something that was like pinching a nerve. Uh, and like close to severing her spinal cord and you you sent me what was it like a tweet or something or yeah from uh yeah from movie bob bob chipman yeah and literally when you sent that i was on the page where i get my news with ruby rose's instagram where they turned her surgery emergency surgery into a whole like movie yeah, it's like a produced thing. I didn't. I didn't. I just kind of scrubbed through it because I was on like a poor like LTE connection uh, traveling today. So I don't know if they actually show like physically cutting into the skin, but I oh, saw yeah, it's some like gross. Oh yeah. So I don't know exactly why this was made. I guess it's cool. Maybe she just wants to let her fans know she's still alive. She's still a badass that came out of the surgery on the other end. Um, but yeah, I guess the season two of Batwoman is up in the air because when you have one person that you know almost like you know lost their ability to kind of be the hero, so uh, I, I'm sure there's lots of ideas over at the CW that you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty gross. I don't want to look at it. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so she she had a really bad injury. So like, yeah, if you're a woman on a CW show, be careful. Be careful is all I'm saying. So stay off of high ladders. I don't know. We we she could just be like a she seems like a badass in general from the other stuff that I've seen her in. She's been in John Wick. She was a criminal in Orange is the New Black and Prisoner. So maybe they were just like, Oh, let's get in the stunt double and she was like, No, I'm Tom Cruise in this. I'm doing all my own stunts. I'm Jackie Chan in this. Uh so, you know, she could just be like an ultimate badass. So that could be a good sign for the action, maybe in uh the first season of Batwoman, you know, <laughs> that she's all in on it. Watch it just be a bunch of her, like, j- fake jumping off, like, rooftops. Oh, no. <laughs> because she's like, oh, my spine. Yeah. So so that's it. So, uh, yeah. So, Arrow, uh, female-led um, thing. I mean, Supergirl's doing great. Batwoman sounds like it's going to be doing awesome. So, why not, uh, with Arrow ending, they can, can work on another another show. Probably not called Birds of Prey. Uh, that <laughs> movie's taken. 
Uh, but however, the Birds of Prey TV show from the early 2000s, one of the actresses in there, Ashley Scott, who played Huntress uh-huh. in there, um, will appear in CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. Man, okay, we're, we need to start a segment of the podcast where every week we do an update on this uh, this CW crossover because we're getting something every week. There was also some images of uh, Brandon Rout that came out this week yeah. of him and his uh, iconic superhero suit. He actually has a little bit of like graying hair too. Like that's a cool look for a live action Superman, like a very seasoned Superman who's just been at it for a while. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what that's going to be. Man, it's badass. I saw some people like uh, some people on Twitter. Were, I guess were making fun of it because he looked kind of goofy. I don't I don't know what drama was surfacing around this one costume reveal, but I thought it was really cool. So this crossover this crossover is going to be nuts. Yeah the um the 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 book that he's dressed up from um oh what is it called Kingdom Come it it's got some dated suits which is fine. So I, I get where the base is coming from, but if they were making this from the ground up, I could understand be like. This is not what you just put on TV show for Superman. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just disappointed HBO Max isn't going to be ready when the crossover drops because like if you want to watch it you got to go like on the CW app or like cw.com or you have to have like, you know, over the air antenna. You just you just can't easily stream it streamlined, so um, I guess I'll just have to wait to catch up with a lot of this stuff when HBO Max comes out. Uh, I'm just gonna do the app. I'll just watch the app for fi- like five days. I think. Oh, for the fine. for the crossover for sure, yeah. but like just the shows in general. Uh, no, no, no. I'm beyond that. I'm just gonna read the Wikipedia synopsis and call it a day. <laughs> there you go. Uh, last bit of news here: The Batman has cast Jeffrey Wright, who is also playing the Watcher in Marvel's What If series, mm-hmm. um, as Commissioner Gordon in the upcoming movie. I think this is awesome. I love Jeffrey Wright. He is so cool. Uh, I I think I know him like most people do. I would say from the first season of Westworld. Westworld. Uh, I I haven't really continued on to the second season of Westworld that much. Oh, he's uh, in it. But but he's just so cool. He just has like this energy to him. Uh, I don't know if it's a mixture of his voice or just his just very good acting ability. But he's just really solid. I can't wait to see him as the Watcher or I guess voicing uh, the Watcher. Um, I guess we can extrapolate from this and we're gonna have a different uh, a racial identity for possibly a Batgirl in the future. Or um, yeah, Batgirl. I was thinking yeah. I had Batwoman on my brain, so I think that's really cool to mix things up a little bit. And I like to think about some of the butt hurt sections of the internet, like when the news that Superman could possibly be black. I think we talked about that like last summer or something, and people just lost their crap. You know, people like that are just uh, they're the worst type of people. So it, it's nice when they show their head, so I can just like block them. Like, nope, blocking you, blocking you, blocking you. So I think that's really cool, and that'd be a fun way to take it. Yeah, and yeah, it's, if you want a guy who's going to look at you disappointedly over the top of his glasses, th- oh, this is the guy to get. You. Yeah, that that's how you cast a Commissioner Gordon is a look. He's got to he's got to nail the look. He's got to be the one guy that can hold his composure on the top of a of a skyscraper uh, when Batman shows up. I think I saw like a a comic panel the uh, like maybe during Batman week or something like that where uh, like Batman like leaves the scene like leaves the roof and there's like another officer up there and he's just like oh how do you like keep your composure around him and he's like oh I can't like it's all an act or something like that so uh, yeah I I can imagine Jeffrey Wright like being able to go toe to toe just like uh, just mentally with the Batman on a roof so that'll be cool. Yeah, which our other Commissioner Gordon uh, was played by, uh, who was played by what is his name? Um, I can't think. J. Uh, J. K. Simmons. 
<laughs> no, that um, I I God, I can't. Well, he he's the he's the man that plays everything. Um, he, he's J. Jonah Jameson now again. So he went from jo- Jameson to Gordon, and now he's back to Jameson in the Spider-Man universe. And then uh, Jeffrey Wright is going from Marvel as the Watcher to to this. So we're doing some hot swapping in the in the nerd community. <laughs> uh, and lastly, Jonah Hill is also in talks to play the Penguin in this upcoming Batman. You know what? I think he should play the Riddler because I saw that news earlier this week and everybody just jumped to the Penguin just because of the man's general shape. Well, you know, which is fine. I, you know, I won't, uh, I, I won't get too, uh, too critical of people jumping to that. But I feel like we haven't seen like a really decent uh, Riddler here yet, and I, I think he could, I think he could nail it. But uh, were you thinking of Gary Oldman? Is that who you're thinking of? No, uh, no, no. I was thinking Gordon? the guy who literally played it in Batman v Superman. Oh, okay, gotcha. Which I, I forgot. I think about. it's J.K. I for, Simmons, I forgot, right? Yeah, yeah. I forgot that film existed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he was in it for for just a minute, just long enough to not be in it ever again. And uh, so he was like, you know what? I'll go back to Marvel. They make they got consistent movies, right? And then he was in it, and then they canceled it almost. Yeah. So um, it's been a wild ride. But I don't think they're choosing Penguin because I think he's literally in the talks to play the Penguin as it is. But the problem is he wants twice as much as what they're playing, paying Robert Pattinson, who is the lead character. Do it. So, do it. Jonah Hill is like – if he's not uh, Academy Award winning, he's Academy Award nominated, I believe. He's been – he's he's put a lot of work into Hollywood. He's like – He's like a director too. I mean, this man is like a seasoned person in the industry. Like, if you want Jonah Hill in your movie, I think I think that I think just by the definition of paying people what they're worth, I think that makes your movie even that more prestigious, but if you will. If this movie has literally a dozen villains, like The Long Night or The Long mm-hmm. Halloween, does he deserve twice as much if he's only a portion of it? I guess I guess you got a point there. So it's like, how much are we doubling here? Are we doubling like a huge feature uh, cost? You know, yeah. Chris, the whole theme of this podcast has been about negotiation. He's <laughs> saying double just so he can get twenty five percent more. So, so. so he can get a quarter of it. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll remember that in the back of our heads the next time uh, we hear all these crazy negotiation stories. Like this is just the process. Well, this is what you learn when you listen to superhero slate. Well, when I go buy some snacks at the theater this weekend when I'm watching the Joker, I'll see if I can negotiate with him as well. Um, be like, you know what? I'll uh, I'll give you a dollar for the popcorn. <laughs> no, he's like, no, it's eight dollars. All right, hear me out. I'll give you two dollars for the $2. popcorn. Two dollars, right here, but right you now. Have to... I'll walk away. You don't tell anybody. <laughs> but you have to put the candy corn in it for me. Yeah. And they're just like, who are you? Get out of here. Yeah. Wait, you have candy corn? We're gonna have to ask you to leave. <laughs> no outside snacks. So, all right. Well, I think that's our show. It's uh, late for me. It's dinner for you and it's time to get going Mike. if people want to know what we're up to what we're doing where they can listen to that review next week where they can find us at oh it's so easy all you got to do is visit superhero slate.com and is that that's the best place you can find all of our show notes and where you can follow us you can follow me at mike royer design on instagram and twitter and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. chris if people want to catch up with you where can they find you find me on twitter valdan v-a-l-d-a-n or instagram valdan 87 you can head over to comic ui uh, I will be going to GalaxyCon, I think, at the end of October, November, whenever that is, in Louisville as well. So if you're going to be in town, let us know. Uh, if people want to know where they can listen to older reviews of us, maybe our Far From Home review, Mike, full of spoilers, where can they find all of our old shows at? 
Well, all you got to do is make sure you're subscribed. You can go to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and more. Hit, hit up SuperheroSlate.com to get our awesome show notes. So uh, we talked about some uh, pictures of magazines and first looks of uh, Knights of Ren. We got the Kingsman trailer in our show notes, so check that out. And you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Get merch over at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Uh, we love hearing from you. Reach out. Uh, if you go check out Joker this coming weekend, uh, send us your thoughts about it. Uh, and we're, we're going to record the show on Sunday. So uh, we'd like to know what you guys think before we go into the re- re- these reviews. Gives us a little bit more uh, context on what you guys want to hear. And uh, if you want to be a super fan of this show, it's so easy. All you got to do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, even when we're out of town for weddings. We yes. come back and we make it happen. That's our best advice we can give people to newlyweds: is to share our podcast with uh, with them. You know, yeah, listen they, together. It's the it's the best possible gift. Yeah, it is. So I think that's the fastest we've ever wrapped up the show, Mike. That means we got to go, and we'll catch you guys next week. All right, bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. There you go. If you ever needed there, to know, now I know. And no one's at the battle. G.I. Joe.